Y'all ready for the word? Amen. Let's dive right in. First Corinthians chapter 12. I've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and God does not want us in verse 1 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God does not want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Say, I desire passionately the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, something special for you today um, in honor of our anniversary month. Both Fort Wayne here in, in Indy, we got a special treat for you. We got back in the back, we got some, some donuts and coffee, um, complimentary for you today. We got it all set up in, in, in Indy. Pastor Gary got that set up for you. Pastor Gary and Nita, and then also here in Fort Wayne. Okay, so uh, I'm kidding. So uh, somebody should have seen, you should have seen the look on Pastor Gary and Nita's face. I did that to mess with them. <laughs> but knowing them, they might have some donuts back there. Praise the Lord. Uh, okay, God does not want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Okay, so we're going to be talking about gifts of the Spirit and also ministries of the Spirit. We see in verse 1, gifts is italicized because he's, uh, Paul is going to talk about in 12, 13, and 14 the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. So really, dropping down to verse 7, these gifts can be referred to as manifestations of the Spirit. There are nine gifts. We broke them down into three categories. There's revelation gifts, power gifts, and inspirational gifts, sometimes referred to as utterance gifts. The uh, Everybody say revelation gifts. Revelation. Power gifts. Inspirational gifts. Okay, the revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Those are the revelation gifts, the power gifts, the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And then there are the inspirational gifts or utterance gifts, which are prophecy, different kinds of tongues interpretation of tongues. The revelation gifts reveal something. The power gifts do something. And the inspirational gifts say something. Okay, that catches us up. So in verse 7, it says, verse 7, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the gifts of the Spirit are given for our benefit. Now, notice they're called manifestations. They don't belong to anybody. They're gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. And actually, it's, it's, it, it, these gifts flow through us. They're not given to an individual, but through us. Uh, the word of knowledge to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. In verse 10, 
to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Okay, um, let, let's begin with the revelation gifts. Uh, we talked a little bit about, we jumped, we, we might jump around as we'll, we'll just follow the Holy Spirit. Okay, last week we focused on healing. And when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation concerning gifts of healings, only the person that the Holy Spirit singles out will be healed. And this, I'm repeating this because this is a very important distinction. Because some people uh, look at this, and we gave you scripture that talks about like this, and also in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, talks about uh, the, the gifts the, or gifts of healings happen as he wills. Let's look at that in uh, Hebrews 2, 4, because I don't want to misquote it. Uh, I believe that specifically. I thought it had to do with healing, but it, it, it is, but it doesn't specifically say healing, but it includes that because it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but here's the key. According to his own will. See, the gifts of the Spirit, including gifts of healings, happen as he wills. Now, why is that important? Because some people look at that and they say, see, you can't, you, you never know whether or not God wants to heal you. Because it says right there in Hebrews 2.4 and also in 1 Corinthians 12 that the, the gifts of the Spirit happen as He wills. So you can't, you, you can't make God heal you. It's as He wills. See, then, then people, they, they go off. Okay? But you got to take the totality of the word. Because that is true when it comes to the gifts of healings. How many of y'all understand that? Only the only people that the Holy Spirit singles out will be healed, case in point, the, uh, uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda had five porches with a multitude of sick people, and Jesus was only led to heal one person. That's because, that's because the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. However, everybody that came, here's the, here's the other side of it. See, there's the gifts of healings, only person or people that the Holy Spirit singles out will be healed. There's that. Okay, but then there's healing as you will. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will. So if you will to be healed, you can be healed. And Jesus was the will of God in action. We've never seen him turn anybody down that came to him for healing. He healed 100% of the people that came to him for healing. So you can be healed of whatever you need healing of. Physical stuff, mental illnesses, which is a hot topic today. People are taking their own lives. You always have copycat people. Oh, I'll do that. And see, that's how the devil will work. See, it's just, it's just the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes and puts thoughts in people's mind that it's no use in you living. There's nothing going on good for you. Reject those thoughts. 
Look to Jesus. Amen. He's the anchor for our soul. There is always hope. Christ in you. Look to the Jesus on the inside of you, who you are in Christ. Don't, there's no reason to take your life. You've got plenty to live. Oh, there's nothing for you to live for. That comes from the devil. There's plenty for you to live for. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's hope? It is the confident expectation of good. Expect good in your life, not bad. You attract what you believe. You believe bad things are happen, bad things will happen. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then you go around telling everybody, I told you so. And nothing, bad, nothing but bad happens to me. I heard this guy on this podcast. He's always talking about, you know, I'm the, un, I'm the most unlucky person in the world. I was riding my motor, and then he gives these cases in point to prove. But see, it's what he believes. He said, I'm riding this motorcycle, and I was just going to see if it got the miles per hour that it advertises. So I got on the motorcycle, and I normally go faster than the speed limit, but I just purpose to go real slow, slow. Just to see if I got the miles per gallon that, that they say that this motorcycle gets. So he's just cruising down the road. Everybody's passing him. Old ladies passing him. Everybody, everybody's passing him. He's never ridden that slow. Then he got to his destination. He's almost where he's going to go. And um, he just decides, well, okay, I'm almost where I'm going to go. You know, so I'm going to go a little faster. He sees in the distance that somebody's standing in the middle of the street. He thought it was a homeless guy. He said, why is that homeless guy standing in the middle of the street? It was a police officer. And he said, he said, and he just started laughing. And the police officer said, why are you laughing? He said, well, I've been, I've been going according to the speed limit all the way here. And then I see you. And the guy said, well, you're just unlucky. I mean, he just goes and he starts talking about, well, I was riding with a group of motors. I'm not riding that. He said, yep. <laughs> he said, well, you didn't pull them over? He said, no. He said, well, why you pulled me over? He said, I couldn't catch them, but I could catch you. <laughs> he said, so you see, I'm the most unluckiest person in the world. See, and this is how people, <laughs> this is a true story, I'm telling you. And, but this is how people talk themselves into why things are happening. Because the circumstances are lining up <clears throat> with what they believe and how they think. But they think, they think, well, they're just unlucky. There's no such thing as luck. You'll have what you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you say you're unlucky, the devil will accommodate you. How about this? You try, I tried everything. Why don't you try this? Speak what the word says. Start saying good things are coming my way. I expect good things to happen to me. I expect health. I expect abundance financially. Supernatural favor is bringing money into my house. I don't care what it looks like tomorrow. 
I'm going to keep speaking it. I'm going to keep believing it. Hallelujah. Well, I know one day I'm going to go to heaven and it'll all be over and I'll overcome someday. No, you've already overcome. Jesus said, my peace, I'll leave with you. Let not your heart, that's up to you. Don't let, that means don't allow your heart to be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh, there's a lot of trouble going on in the world, Pastor. Well, of course it is. Jesus said that. In this world, man, I tell you what, if you've got these power twins going on, along with your faith and hope, what power twins are you talking about, Pastor? Joy and peace. This peace that he left with you, and that joy, unspeakable and full of glory, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Don't stop reading. Remember I talked about Mr. Whoopi last week, Tennessee Tuxedo going off before he got the whole story. In this world, you shall have tribulation, and then Tennessee Tuxedo start running out the door. Wait! Mr. Whoopi said, come back, stop. Get the rest of the story. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Oh, come on, I feel like preaching. He said, uh, David said, I would have lost hope, except I believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord when I get to heaven. No, in the land of the living. He said, I would have lost, I would have given up. I would have lost hope, except I believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, right here, right now, I'm preaching here. Yeah? Come on, somebody. Man, I've, hey, any, have you been there? I've been there when I, I could have lost hope. I could have quit. Except for one thing, I believe. It's about what you believe. It's all about what you believe. I could have quit. Anybody been there? Anybody tempted to give up? But I chose. Something happens powerful when you choose to believe that you would see, the, that you would see it. Not just talk about it. Not just, well, one of these days. There's coming a time. No, you see God's goodness manifest on your life. And people, see, because people can't see your spirit. That's how you're going to be a witness to people, because people are going to see the hand of the Lord on you, just like Potiphar, Joseph, a slave in Potiphar's house. The Bible says he was successful. See, how many of you know you're successful right now? You're a successful person because the Lord is with you. That's what makes you a success. Jesus in you. So you're always a su success. Not when you see it manifested. Not when you see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Before you see that, you're still a success. People can laugh at you. 
but you're still a success. <laughs> Joseph in Potiphar's house as a slave, the Bible says in Genesis 39.2 that the Lord was with Joseph before he ever did anything in the house, before he ever performed successfully. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. It was, it's the Lord with you. How many of you know he's with you? He's in you. He's for you. I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to talk to people out of suicide and talk them into hope. This is not mind over matter. This is Jesus over everything. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy up in here. But then, see, what, what, what Potiphar started seeing then was the goodness of the Lord on him. It said that, the, that Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him. Does it say that? You don't know, do you? I'm just going to verify myself. Um, this is, you can find this in Genesis 39 and verse 2. Sometimes I get off topic. But this is good stuff. Somebody needed to hear this. Thank you, Lord. Um, so the Lord was with him, and he, and he was a successful man. And then it goes on to say that, I'm going to give you the specific scripture reference. How many of y'all remember turning in your Bibles? Yeah, that's the very next verse. The master saw that the Lord was with him. How can he see the Lord? His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all things, or, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Whatever he gave him to do, he prospered. Sound like Deuteronomy 28. Whatever assignment Potiphar gave him to do, he prospered. Whatever you put your hands to prospers, the blessings on your head. Man, what if we walked around thinking like that, believing that, talking like that, the blessings on my head? See, it's easy to talk about that when uh, things are looking good, when the sun is shining. But when the stuff hits the fan, can you say that? See, that's when you need to say it. I could quit right now. But I ain't. Because I believe I'm going to see a manifestation. Not when I get to heaven, but right here. Thank you, Lord. It's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of time. Sound like Morpheus in the Matrix. Somebody says something like to him, like, oh, if these things are true, what you're saying and the prophecy and all that. He says, it's not a question of if. It's just a matter of time. Thank you, Lord. Just let, have, let patience have its perfect work. How do you inherit the promises? Through faith 
and patience. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's a wonderful time. It don't feel wonderful, but it's a wonderful time when you can just sit in your house and look like nothing's happening. It doesn't look like anything's happening. It looks like God is a million miles away, but you're not walking by sight. You're walking by faith, and you know he's in you, and he's working for you. You can't see it. You can't feel it, but he's working for you. And I'm going to get back to talking to the gifts of the spirits. Yeah, somebody needed to hear that. Don't take your life. God has plans for you. Plans to good things. I know you can't see it right now, but he's got plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. To give you a future. You, your future so bright you need shades. Amen. So give yourself one of them happy emojis with the shades on. Because you got a bright future. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes you got to give yourself some emojis. Some happy emojis. Amen. Encourage yourself. See, that's what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Just encourage yourself. Thank you, Jesus. I'm doing better preaching than what you're saying. Amen. Amen. Where's my shout buddies today? Goodness. All right. Um, let's, let's talk about the, the, the gifts of uh, the, what, what gift are we on? We on Revelation gift. Let me jump over and talk about the discerning of spirits. Because it's interesting since I've been teaching it, we've been seeing the gifts of the Spirit manifest. Last week, we had a visitor in Indianapolis. I don't know if y'all heard about this yet in Indianapolis, but there was a guest last week, a guest that, that came to they gave us a surprise party to um, the oldest couple in Summit Church. 95 years old, drive themselves to church every week, praise God, a blessing, man. And so their family members came in, and one of their family members uh, is a, a pastor, pastor and pastor's wife, or maybe they're both pastors, I don't know. But the, the wife, who was a guest, saw four angels on the stage while they were worshiping. What is that? That's discerning of spirits. That happened last week. Four angels assisting them in the worship. She saw that, saw, saw it in the spirit. She didn't know anything about Summit Church. Uh, well, I don't know how much she knew about it, but she came for that celebration, but was there on Sunday morning, saw those angels. What's that? That's the discerning of spirits. Say discerning of spirits. That's insight into the spirit realm where you can see into the spirit world where you can see angels or demons. Also, this lady saw four angels on the stage, one angel guarding the door, a big angel. 
the bigger than the four, were standing at the back door as, as if they were just like standing guard. I love it. Isn't it interesting? See, you start teaching on it, and things start manifesting. I remember when Adrian, I think she was in kindergarten, first grade, and there was some ice. She, was, she came home and told us about uh, there was some ice uh, where they were when, uh, during recess out in the parking lot, and the kids were outside playing, and some of them were playing on the ice. And she saw an angel said, told her not to get on the ice. And she didn't get on the ice. I believe something uh, bad would have happened. She could have broke her leg or something if she had not seen that angel. But you, you can't summons an angel. <laughs> it happens as the spirit wills. Okay. And she's just little, she just, and she, she didn't have any big deal, but she didn't come out, oh my gosh, you know, I saw an angel today. And she's like, hey, I saw that we were out there playing, and I said, it was this big angel, and told me to stay off the ice, so I didn't get on the ice. She went on talking about something else. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And uh, if you see a demon... Don't get alarmed. Smith Wigglesworth, he said, people get so, oh, Pastor Pray, I saw this demon. Oh, Lord. I just knew. This is the reason why my life's all messed up. These demons messing with me. No, just, just resist the devil and he will flee from you. You don't need to be afraid of any demon because they're defeated, first of all. Amen. <laughs> so, um, Smith Wigglesworth saw a demon. He woke up and he saw a demon at the foot of the bed. I think he, he said he saw the devil himself. Now, if you see somebody, I mean, it's most likely going to be a demon, a low-ranking demon. Because most people, you're not, you're not going to get a man. See, because the devil is not like God. God can be... Sometimes people try to put the devil on, on equal ground with God, or God's just maybe a little higher than, than him. There's no match. God's not even thinking about the devil. <laughs> he doesn't give the devil a second thought. The devil is already ready defeated. Jesus said, I observed Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So more likely, so, so God can be everything. He's omnipresent. The devil is not omnipresent. That would be a revelation for some people. The devil is not every, can't be everywhere. I mean, if he's visiting somebody over in Europe, now he can get here. He don't have to catch a plane. Don't misunderstand me because he's a spirit. He can, he can get here quick. <laughs> But he can't be in England and at your house. Like if two people said they saw the devil at the same time, they're both they're, one of them is lying. Because he can only be with, with one person. So, I mean, if I'm the devil and I'm not, 
I would I would be trying to find the person who's doing the most damage in the kingdom. So if he shows up at your house, just consider yourself very important. <laughs> Rebuke him and go on about your business. But in more in more cases than not, you if if you got a demon, you may never see a demon. I don't I'm not looking for him. I really don't care about seeing him one. Huh? But if you do see one, rebuke him. Smith Wigglesworth woke up and he saw the devil at the foot of the bed. And when he saw him, he didn't freak out. You know what he said? Oh, it's you. And he went back to sleep. He didn't even bother rebuking him. Now, before people get all squirrely, they go off. I'm coming back to this cartoon again with this discerning of spirit. Yes. I have that gift. You ain't got, first of all, you ain't got no gift. These are the gifts of the Spirit. But people sometimes they put their own interpretation on it. Notice what it says. Look, look here, bring that scripture up in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is the discerning, verse 10, the discerning of spirits. Now bring bring that. I want you to look at that verse. Uh, let's look at verse uh, verse ten. We'll jump around these different gifts. Say the discerning of spirits. Now I want you to see this. It's the reason why I wait until you can see it. You see that in your notes, huh? Discerning of what? Yes. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the gift of discernment. There is no gift of discernment. And everybody that talks about they have this gift of discernment is always uh, finding the faults and shortcomings of other people. <laughs> They're always finding fault. Well, I discern that that person, you know, that they got, they got evil thoughts. And they... Well, we all have evil thoughts. I tell you what, if if they would turn, if they would turn that gift on themselves for five minutes, they would stop. Hallelujah. We don't look for faults in people. Again, I got the gift of discernment. Ain't no gift of discernment. And people again that have these gifts. They, 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 they go around, they, they think that this gift, that they can, through this gift of discernment, that they can discern the faults and shortcomings of people. No. What do we do when we have faults? All of us do. But love covers a multitude of sins. And Ephesians 4 talks about be kind. What about that? I mean, that's not even a gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know you're kind. Now, you might act ugly sometimes, but you're kind. Kindness is a fruit of your Spirit. Uh, of the spirit. And um, Ephesians 4 talks about be kind, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. 
Even as, and this is how we forgive. I love this. Even as Christ has forgiven you. See, so we forgive as we've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Be kind. I'm reading Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind to one another. Say, be kind. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Thank you, Jesus. How did Christ forgive us? By going to the cross. We didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. We've been freely forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be kind. Don't render evil for evil. I'm going to close with this story. Uh, we, we were talking about humility yesterday. I was at a lunch with uh, some pastors, pastors' wives. And we got to talking about exchanging war stories. Anybody ever had anybody talk about you? Anybody have anybody be unkind to you? How many of you know, can we just be real? Sometimes, man, it's so hard not to say something back. Man, I got people talk about me. They smile on my face. And, 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 and people, they, they don't know that I know that they're talking about me. But I know. And man, it, it, it takes faith to keep loving people. Even when you know when they smile, you smiling, you know, because that flesh will rise up right. You smiling, you talking all this good stuff. But I know you're not for me. And man, uh, I have a tough time with that sometimes. But God helps me. But I was talking about this one story uh, years ago. I got a letter in the mail from a minister inviting me to this meeting. And so I went to the meeting. Now, Carla was pregnant with Jasmine, and it was, it, it, it was a lot, of, lot going on. Uh, I was a part of this organization called Thick Wiffle, Fellowship of Inner City Word of Faith Ministers. Uh, founded by uh, Pastor, now Apostle Fred Price. Man, I tell you what, I, I, I cut my teeth in the word of faith from Fred Price, man. Teaching from him changed my life. And so I was involved at one time in, in his ministerial organization, and they would have an annual convention every year, and they would have ministers they would select some ministers to give up to give their testimony about the, what the word has done in their life, and you'd have like about fifteen minutes in the faith dome, man, in front of all these people. And so they invited me. I got I, I got a um, a message from uh, Cheryl Price's daughter about giving my testimony, and that's such an honor. 
But the problem was, Jasmine, it was right around Carla's due date. And so, gosh. And they never invited me back, like the next year, because I turned it down. Well, they didn't do it because I turned it down. It just, I just never got invited again. But, they, but I, I, I couldn't do it because uh, it was a no-brainer for me because Carla was due. I didn't want to be in Los Angeles. I can't get back that quick. And so, um, so it really wasn't a decision for me. I mean, because I'll forget about that convention. I will never forget about being there when my daughter's born. So if I had to do it over again, I would do the same thing. But, but there was another event that was close. It was in Lansing, Michigan. And uh, so I was led to go to it. And, but I had to get Carla's permission. Anybody old enough to remember the pagers? I used to have, it was back before the smartphones, it was a pager. And back in those days, you'd hook it onto your belt or something. So, first of all, husbands, this is a good thing. Get your wife in agreement on major decisions. And that's a major decision because I'm going to be in Lansing. This is right around Carla's due date. But I figured I can get, there, get back quick enough. A uh, couple hours. And I didn't, but I didn't believe that she would deliver when I'm gone. And it happened. I mean, it happened that she didn't deliver while I was gone. Okay. And Carla uh, agreed for me to go. I went. Because I was, I was just led to go. On the letter, it said there's a minister section. Okay. So, so on the, um, man, this is, this is good as, like we're, t- we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. This is so good. But it, this, this speaks of how you, you need to always maintain a good attitude and trust God no matter what's happening. Don't render evil for evil. On the letter, it said there's a minister section. And so I wanted to sit in the minister section because they had one. I'm not a person who needs to have the best seat in the house. I can, I can sit in the back. So when I come in, there's an usher. How many of you know an usher can turn people off? I mean, before they even hear the word, please, if you're, if you're a summit usher, don't piss people off when they first come. I mean, because you're, the, you're, the, you're like the first person. That, see, you got to think about that. When you're serving in ministry, I know you, you may be busy, you might be going to do your thing, you might be on the worship team, but don't push people out of the way on your way to the bathroom. I know you got to get fixed up or whatever. Everybody's not like me that just looks good looking as soon as you get up. Some of you, you got to get fixed up. I get all of that. But just be kind. Be kind. That's the point. Be kind. Okay? So I come in as an usher, and I asked her very kindly, I'm kind. Um, like, where's the minister section? And she looked at me like, and there's, you know, people sitting, sitting down, because I'm right at the entrance, there's people behind me sitting down. And she says, we're all ministers. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I get it. So just let me go sit down somewhere. So I only asked because it was on a letter. Okay. And then there were people getting ministered to. 
But see, the Lord told me to go to this meeting, but I'm being hit with all this opposition. So I, I'm sitting down, minding my own business. There's a minister up. She's laying hands on people. People falling out under the power. People are going back two or three times, getting extra doses and stuff. And, and so, and I didn't go because I'm, I, I don't know, I'm not always the first one. To when, but, but I noticed that, that God was moving. I could see that. But I didn't go up just yet. I planned to go, but I was just taking my time. And the lady next to me, a couple of ladies, and they just kept looking at me. That, and she, they were going up and going up and coming back, going two or three times. And then they look at me. And they notice I never went. And finally, I guess she couldn't take it no more. And she looked over at me and said, well, you ain't going to get nothing just sitting there. Anybody have somebody say something off to you? See, we need to recognize where this stuff is coming from. And that's two things that came against me. Right off the bat, now I'm wondering, I thought the Lord wanted me to be here. Huh? See, if I had been somebody like Joanne, I would have missed my blessing. Because Joanne, she would have cussed somebody out by, at that point. I'm joking about that. But um, anyway, while we're telling stories, I finally went up there, make a long story even longer. There was somebody who was with them. I never will forget this story. Um, there was a, a, a psalmist who came on, who travels with this particular minister. She was kind of unorthodox. She'd take her shoes off, walk around. She'd she heavy set, and she would sit down on the sing and she'd a while. She'd stand up a while, and uh, she's just unusual. She could sing, well, sing like a bird, man. And um, all of a sudden, she's sitting, I think she was sitting down. I came up. The minister laid hands on me. I fall out under the power, and then the, the, the psalmist sitting there, she said, and she points at me, and she's talking to the minister in charge. She says, God wants to bless that man financially while I'm laying on the floor. And so imagine me laying down on the floor. Next thing I know, the ushers came up, and they were putting offering buckets all around me like an outline. And people will come up and give in, in these buckets. Now, I didn't say this, but nobody knew who I was. Now, the minister that organized the meeting, he wasn't speaking that night. His name is Mark Brzee. And that was the connection. I'll come back to that later. But I'm on the floor. These people don't know me from anybody. The pastor that hosted didn't know me. Nobody knew who I was. I wasn't in the minister section. They didn't know I was a minister. And so they gave an offering, $1,700. And when I got home, they, they misallocated a check, and it was a ministry of integrity. They sent me another check for $900. So I walked with the 26, is that 26? $2,600. 
And then before I left, so many things happened as a result of that meeting. I tell you what, it pays to obey God. And uh, the lady at the door, remember her? Because then, then they eventually found out I was a minister because the minister that was ministering was asking me questions. And so then they put me in the minister section. Then the lady at the door at the end of the meeting, she came up to me. She said, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I didn't even know that there was a minister section. The lady that came, was, remember her, the lady was next to me telling me you ain't going to get nothing just sitting there? She came up to me and she said, I see you got something. <laughs> then the minister that sent me the letter invited me to speak. at a, He had minister school at that time all over Europe because he was called to Europe. And through him, I had my first overseas trip. Some of y'all remember that. Some of y'all helped send me. My first ministry trip was to Sweden and Estonia. And then Greece and Italy was the next trip. Minister, ministered in uh, school, teaching Greek students that, that, that the you know, New Testament was originally written in Greek. I'm teaching Greek students with their Greek Bible. All that came as a result of that meeting. And my first trip to Sweden, some of y'all know I like those Easter peeps. Do you know the Lord knows about the little things that you like? And it was, it was not Easter season. It, it, it had passed, and it's kind of like, like right now. It's like a dry season for peeps. So I'm going through peep withdrawals right now. Can't really get them. Uh, I, you can get them on Amazon, but I get my mind off of that because I don't, don't want to eat them too often. I need a break. So then... I'm in Sweden after my first trip to Europe. And we're in Sweden, and we're at the host house, and we're fellowshipping. The Kilstroms was their name. And we're fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, I looked in the window pane in the kitchen, and there was a pack of peeps. And I was like, excuse me. Uh, you going to do anything with those, those peeps right there? They were like, I don't know why they were in the window. But I know why they were. Just for me. And she said, yeah, somebody gave those to us, and we don't like those things. I don't know why. You know, we kept them. I said, I know why. Now, you think that the Lord is not interested in stuff like that. He, he's interested in the small details of your life. I mean, if he goes and, and bothers to count the number of hairs on your head. Man, I love my kids. But I never thought about counting the hair. <laughs> and I mean, who does that? There's no insignificant details in the Bible. God, God said, man, the, the very hairs of your head are numbered. One of the reasons why he loved me, because I, I make it easy for him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I think I had another story, but I think the Lord's having mercy on you right now. <laughs> but man, there's there's so many so many things that I can tell you, man. How how the Lord how the Lord works and how the Lord Lord moves. Just little things and how He manifests Himself in your life and the small details of your life, and just to, to show He demonstrates His love for us. 
all the time. But you got to be on the right frequency. You got to be on in the, you can't be in the flesh frequency. You need to be in the spirit frequency. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 